creative projects need artistry, technical skills, creativity, aesthetic qualities, but all of that is for naught if not for one thing. Creative projects need funding. In the world of independent artistic endeavors, Kickstarter is the leader in crowdfunding for creative projects. Since that website launched in 2009, over 220,000 projects have been successfully funded and over $6 billion have been pledged. I first learned about Kickstarter in 2010 when a last-ditch effort was made to rescue the funding for the making of the film adaptation of Donald Miller's book, Blue Like Jazz. Here's a part of the conversation I had in early 2011 with the film's director, Steve Taylor. Well, we worked, oh man, nine months probably on the screenplay and put together what we thought was a really strong screenplay. And I just thought this was going to be easy to find funding for. The, the book was really popular. Um, I thought the story, the screenplay was strong, and I thought it was a story that needed to be told. And I, I just assumed that there would be enough people that agreed with me that we'd be able to find funding relatively easily, and it just didn't happen. Uh, you know, unfortunately, um, we're in this sort of strange age where uh, whatever you want to call it, faith-based filmmaking or filmmaking done by Christians, that, it, that it's supposedly synonymous with, like, family-friendly. and. I'm all in favor of family-friendly movies, but I don't read, sit down and read my 13-year-old daughter, The Song of Solomon, either. And <laughs> the thought that those two are synonymous, I think, is, is, is bad and, you know, and, and wrong. And uh, so I thought that if there was, a, if there was a, a book that would have a chance to kind of be outside of that sort of current framework, that Blue Light Jazz would be it, that it's... Uh, well-known and well-loved and um, and a movie would have a chance to uh, tell a story that needed to be told um, we could have do it in a way that was entertaining and hopefully we could you know kind of a set a different course for uh, what people think of when they think of you know films with uh, faith as part of the story so then September 15th what had happened was um, I just worked backwards our lead actor had to go back to work on a TV series right after Thanksgiving and I just backed up based on how much time we need to shoot it and how much time we need in pre-production and September 15th was the deadline and frankly you know without sounding too whiny um, it's hard even working with other people trying to raise help you raise money because in their mind it's like what's the rush you know why does it have to be done next fall or why does it have to be this just relax you know it'll happen when it happens and it's like no that's not how movies get made it's like somebody's got to be there pushing 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 saying it's got to be now it's got to be now why aren't we making this otherwise they just they just don't get made and um and i i think you know the people that i was working with they kind of had that same attitude it's like why are you pushing this so hard and you know next thing you know it's three years later and so I finally just said look September 15th it's got to be there or, or, or we're done and you know because we're gonna lose our lead actor for another eight months and I just don't I can't keep doing this you know and so we set that date we pushed really hard kind of managed to cobble the money together and then right before the deadline one of our backers for a quarter of a million dollars dropped out and I thought that was the end of it. I called Don up and he was depressed and um, and he blogged about it and said, sorry, that's not going to happen to his readership. And that's when fans of the project, people who wanted to see it happen, just started writing back to him saying, you can't let this die and, you know, I'd give you 20 bucks to make it and couldn't you find other people who, there's got to be other people who feel the same way. And to young men in Franklin, Tennessee who loved the project and it particularly had loved uh, Don's book A Million Miles in a Thousand Years which is about the, the writing of the screenplay for Blue Light Jazz they were like let us help you we've never done this before but let us help you find this money and let's use this crowdsourcing site called kickstarter.com and, and we think we can make this happen and uh, honestly if it wouldn't been for them I wouldn't be sitting here telling you the story <laughs> and, and they, they pulled it off you know
they they raised uh, $350,000 in 30 days with uh, 4,500 people giving five bucks or 10 bucks or 25 bucks. I, I actually said, <laughs> I you know, you, what you do is you put incentives for your backers. So if you give 25 bucks, we'll send you a poster with, you know, the cast signed the poster. Or for 100 bucks, we'll put you as an associate producer in the end title crawl. I actually said, anybody who gets 10 bucks or more, I will call you and thank you personally. And um, so I've got, uh, I've made about 500 of those calls so far. I've got about 3,000 left to make. <laughs> but, um, but don't feel sorry for me. I love making these calls because every time I, I call one of our backers, I'm reminded that, you know, instead of making calls, I could be just sitting here being frustrated for another year, <laughs> banging my head against the wall. So that's, that's been a really good experience. film was able to be completed and Blue Like Jazz, the movie, debuted at the South by Southwest Festival in 2012. In the decades since then, I have paid close attention to Kickstarter. I've been a student of the platform in a way. Our sister podcast, Good Patron, has covered over 200 Kickstarter campaigns. I've backed dozens of campaigns myself. And so I've seen what works and what doesn't work. And our team would look to Kickstarter as the platform of choice to fund the making of Bellsburg. In the last episode of this podcast, the Kickstarter campaign had not yet launched. It went live on May 31st. Would there even be an audience to take notice of the work that we've been doing and show their support? Would we be able to successfully hit our funding goals? We didn't know the answers to these questions just a couple of months ago. Questions and doubts that swirl around anyone launching a crowdfunding campaign, nothing prepared us for what happened in reality. I'm Dave Trout, and from UTR Media, this is Release Date. The making of Bellsburg has been an over two and a half year journey. And it's been an amazing ride with a lot of passion and work put into it without any guarantee of return. My favorite day of the entire process was May 31st, 2022, the day that the Kickstarter went live. The reason why might surprise you. It isn't the money. You see, Bellsburg up until this point has been a beautiful community effort with the work being poured in by producers, artists, engineers, photographers, and our hospitality team. And May 31st was the day that our community grew exponentially, the day that we could invite you in to be a part of the process. By this point, the recording of Bellsburg was done. So we knew it would be an 18-track, multi-artist album featuring the songs of Rich Mullins recorded in Rich's old house. To fund the project, we had a base goal of $60,000. And we also knew that if we surpassed that goal, we would have a stretch goal of releasing an unearthed live concert of Rich Mullins called Deep Valley. This we knew would be super cool because it was from Rich's early days as a solo artist from 1984. It was a concert recording that largely no one has ever heard before. And um, if we were able to release it nationally, it'd be the first official Rich Mullins release in over two decades. But here's part of the story that no one knows. We originally set our base goal at 60000 and our initial plans was to set the stretch goal for Deep Valley at $80,000. Everything was set to go live on May 31st, 
And then I had a phone call with Mr. Slugs and Bugs, Randall Goodgame. And we had a great conversation talking about other things. And then at the end of the conversation, he said, hey, is there anything that I can you know, do for you or help out with? And I said, actually, uh, tomorrow we're launching this Kickstarter campaign and I would love to get some folks just hitting share and talking about it online. And he said, oh, absolutely. And it opened up the conversation to talk about the campaign. And I explained what, what, what we were doing and what our goals were. And he said, you know, Dave, I've done a lot of Kickstarter campaigns over the years. And one thing I have learned is that you should never shortchange your stretch goals. What I mean by that is there's always going to be some additional expenses that are unexpected. Things cost a little bit more. Maybe shipping prices change. And if, you, if you're not careful, your stretch goals could actually cause you to lose money in the process. And so he suggested that with such a valuable stretch goal, we should maybe be thinking bigger. Well, we took the advice and we changed our goals literally the day before the campaign went live to the new goals of the $60,000 base goal, which stayed the same. And then we had a $90,000 stretch goal to release Deep Valley digitally, but then a $120,000 stretch goal, uh, which seemed aggressive, but we thought maybe there was a chance we could hit that goal and that would allow us to release Deep Valley in a, in a full capacity on vinyl, CD, digital download, and streaming. The morning of May 31st came and it was time to go live with the Kickstarter campaign. And did people show up? Oh my, they did. Now, for those of you who are artists or creative types, I don't want you to think that this was one of those if we build it, they will come kind of things because you do have to spend time getting the word out. And we all sort of worked our tails off making sure that that this information was getting into the hands of people quickly. Um, and so we had press releases going out, email blasts going out, social media, and we're even contacting people directly through text message and email to say, hey, here is the new Kickstarter. Can you please share this? And if you want to support, that'd be great. So uh, it didn't just happen. There was a lot of effort into spreading the word, especially those first couple of days. We thought it would be really great to hit the base goal in the first week of the campaign so then we could shift our focus to the stretch goals. But you guys responded quicker and with more generosity than any of us expected. We were literally astonished the whole day of May 31st as we watched hundreds of people pour into the campaign and give to help make Bellsburg a reality. Folks did not have to be asked twice. They immediately responded and Bellsburg was fully funded as we hit the 100% mark on the campaign in less than 24 hours. We all had so much joy because we knew starting the morning of day two of the campaign, the project was past 100%. Bellsburg was going to happen for sure, thanks to the generosity of our backers. And the other thing is, Randall Goodgame was spot on right in a couple of ways. First, we if we kept the Deep Valley stretch goal at 80000 we would have blown past that in day number two 
meaning we wouldn't have even really been able to highlight it at all because we would have been on to new stretch goals at that point. On top of that, the buffer that he thought that we might need in terms of budgets and cost, it was totally coming into play because the cost of Bellsburg actually exceeded $60,000, especially with the growth of the campaign because it meant we had more product to fulfill, more shipping costs, things like that. We quickly shifted our focus to the stretch goal of $120,000 for Deep Valley to get the full treatment release, including vinyl, which would make it the first Rich Mullins vinyl release in over 35 years. The generous support continued to pour in and believe it or not, in just the fourth day of the campaign, we hit the $120,000 stretch goal, which blew our minds. It meant we could take this beautiful recorded uh, concert from 1984, Deep Valley, and make it widely available to, um, to a world that needs more Rich Mullins music in it. If you gave love freely, and if you earned an honest wage, if you got Jesus by your side You can thank the Father for the things that he has done And you can thank him for the things he's yet to do And if you find someone who's tender And if you find the love that's true Then thank the Lord He's been doubly good to you And you can thank the If you find the love that's true, then thank the Lord. Oh, thank the Lord. He's been doubly good to you. So not only did this campaign allow Bellsburg to be made, it also is allowing Deep Valley to be released, and a third project that was another stretch goal called Work Tapes, More Songs of Rich Mullins. Besides that, we can invest in community experiences as well, not only through the Rich Mullins Live Weekend happening September 16th through the 18th in Nashville, but also bringing a Bellsburg-type concert to multiple cities across the country over the next half a year or so. By the time the one-month campaign closed, over 1,500 people got involved as backers, and a total pledge of over $170,000 was raised, making it the second-biggest Christian music Kickstarter campaign of 2022 so far. On the surface, it might look like the producers of Bellsburg are rolling in the dough. But the truth is, the money's all spent. It's all been reinvested in creative projects, making three albums instead of one, doing community events, fulfilling all the Kickstarter rewards, and so much more. As someone who's worked in nonprofit ministry for 28 years, I can tell you that mission is very important to me. And it's been a delight to work with a team that's been so mission-focused and reinvesting the resources and generosity that's come our way into helping to bless many people through the growth of the Bellsburg community. If you were a Kickstarter backer for this project, I just want to say thank you. It is so meaningful to have you on the team and your investment in the work is just blooming it's spawning new things and new creative ideas it's really invigorated the work of the old bear records team the utr media team and everybody involved in bellsburg and if you missed out on the kickstarter campaign maybe you just didn't find out about it in time well we have exciting news for you coming up very soon in the first half of august 
Old Bear Records and UTR Media are going to host a pop-up sale online, and we're going to be offering some of the Kickstarter rewards as a one-time purchase option. So if you missed out on adding something into your Kickstarter reward, or if you want to maybe grab something for the first time, well, we're just going to offer this for a few days in early August of 2022. So make sure to be following UTR and we will keep you posted on when that pop-up sale is happening. Coming up in the second half, we're going to be inviting a couple of special guests around the mic, the executive producers of Bellsburg, Andrew Greer and Anthony Hoisington, and we get their perspective coming up next. This UTR podcast is sponsored by the latest music from singer-songwriter Allie Murphy. Though life can be hard, I love who you are. Forever and now, oh, wonderful you. Wonderful You is the latest single of Allie Murphy. And don't miss her previous single, The Tree Song. Yes, the tree that gets cut down creates a beautiful space for something. Find the latest singles by Allie Murphy now on Spotify or at the link in today's show notes. And look for her new EP, Better Things, releasing September 2nd. UTR is going to be giving away rare vinyl LPs all summer long. Enter to win our Summer of Vinyl Contest. We're not just picking one winner. We're going to pick a winner at the end of May, June, July, and August. You only have to enter one time to be in all of the drawings. Click on the Summer of Vinyl Contest link at utr.org or in today's show notes. Have you tuned into UTR's latest Heart, Soul, and Mind playlist? Here's what you'll hear. Check out a whole bunch of hand-curated songs on UTR's Heart, Soul, and Mind playlist. Available now at Spotify, Apple Music, and Amazon Prime Music. The original visionary behind Bellsberg and the producer of the album is Chris Hoisington of Old Bear Records, who we've heard on previous episodes. And he, from the beginning, wanted this project to be a community effort, And I think whatever we had in mind as a, quote, community project, basically triple the size of that. Not just the physical size, but the scope of the community that was involved in uh, the making of an album like this, especially when it involves a legacy like Rich Mullins. And because we don't have too many more episodes in this series, allow me to take a moment to say that the team that I got to work with That was one of my favorite parts of this whole project. Just humble, sweet individuals that were open-handed from start to finish. Of course, we have the Old Bear Records guys who have uh, the vision, the technical prowess, um, the artistic mind and the aesthetic to pull this all together. Uh, And then we have the hospitality team of David McCracken and Connie Uh, We also have, of course, Andrew Greer, who uh, I helped recruit into the project and who who served as the executive producer. Um, He's obviously uh, a talented author, speaker, um, a podcast host, and a singer-songwriter. So... um, He's he was very uh, well suited to serve in a multifaceted way on this project. And there were some other uh, pieces and, of course, all the artists that were involved, too. 
Um, it was just a delight to be a part of, of the whole broad team and an even more delight to grow that community as we launched into the Kickstarter campaign. Just a few days ago, I got to sit down with a couple of members of that team, the executive producers of Bellsberg, Anthony Hoisington of Old Bear Records and Andrew Greer, and ask them about their thoughts going through the funding process of the album. The first voice you're going to hear answering is Anthony Hoisington, and then the second voice will be Andrew Greer. Let's go back to before the Kickstarter began. Mm-hmm. Um can you can both of you guys kind of share your thoughts on just where your heads were at in terms of like you know kind of thinking about the campaign coming was there any concern that that it it wouldn't get the funding it needed like what 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 were you thinking at that time in May uh before it started yeah, I would. I, well, I would say that there's not a lot of times in my uh, in our career, in my career, I'll speak for myself, where that'd be nice. <laughs> where things where things have, you know, been abundant, you know, mm-hmm. and by that I mean just like above and beyond. You know, mm-hmm. usually as an independent artist, for the most most of my life, it's been, you know, you just kind of hope that somebody shows up in the time that you need it. And um, so I was fairly skeptical about even the the goal, mm-hmm. let alone the stretch goals. Um, but I also realized like, I, this one I could be wrong, mm-hmm. you know, but I am, I am not an, I'm not an optimist. Usually I'm more of a mm-hmm. pessimist, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I am more of like, compared to my brother who, We'll just, you know, dream, 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 dream. I'm more like, well, mm-hmm. we got to wake up at some point and do something to make that dream happen. And so I, you know, I was definitely a bit more apprehensive, nervous, and hoping that we could follow through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was probably a doubter as well, but that comes more from my mode of operation of living or my life mantra, which is expect less be satisfied more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm kind of always uh, in the, I, I am an optimist, but I think I've maintained that through lowering my expectations, which kind of is similar. It's like we're saying the same thing, just coming from different positions. So yeah, I remember Dave, you said we originally had a 40,000 goal because that was going to meet just the bare minimums of the budget. And then I remember, I think we were talking the day before, two or three days before or something. And Randall Goodgame, you remember, yeah. mm-hmm. who has had some very successful Kickstarters around the Slugs and Bugs series, mm-hmm. said, I think you're kind of shortchanging yourself. And, and Randall's a very practical, very uh, Kickstarter artist in the sense that he has always had to be creative about his career and, and how to continue it doing what he wants to do because it's fairly niche. But anyway, but Dave, you and I have had a long history of relationship and I'm always, the older I get, the less identity I've, or the less stock I hold in whether things succeed or fail. I guess perhaps because the things that have failed have been some of the most entertaining and interesting and, mm. and really beautiful uh, relationally. Um, you know, when you fail together, I think there's actually a, a much deeper bond than when you succeed together. But so I don't know what that says about us. But <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So I would have been doubting too. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, so the, then you know, twenty four hours into the campaign, that sixty thousand dollar goal is is already hit. Um, a, did you see it coming? <laughs> Which sounds like from your previous answer, probably not. And B, what was it like to see that amount of response? like right out of the gate. So I would say to, after the 24 hours, Jimmy Abeg actually called me and he <laughs> said, I told you, cause he had told me mm. uh, before it launched, he had given me a call and he said, you know, how are you feeling about everything? And I, I shared with him, well, I feel like we're biting off a lot, you know, and mm. I'm not sure we're going to be able to, to take it all in, you know, or be able to get there. And he's, you know, he was like, I think, he had a lot of really kind words and based on some historical numbers that he thought, you know, based on some other 
campaigns that, that he had personally tried mm-hmm. to run, um, uh, he was like, I don't, this has got something different and it's going to be great. And so he had called me after it reached its, its, uh, it's, it's, you know, if we reach the goal in 24 hours and he just said, I told you so, man, you know, and to be encouraged. And I don't think, you know, God is done with what, you know, there's still something left to do. And I, we knew that mm-hmm. too. I mean, we were 24 hours. We still have a month, you know? And, uh, but then immediately, you know, like this is my personality, like the, the B side, your question is that, holy cow, like, okay, so now we really have to you know, not, you know, I just always feel like the checklist gets a little longer now and we got to, we got to fill this thing. And we, so I felt pressure, you know, mm-hmm. like all of a sudden I felt this pressure, like we got to, now we really, we're on the hook for this thing and we got to do it, you know, mm-hmm. um, and do it well. Um, and so, uh, but yeah, I mean, I was pleasantly surprised um, and, you know, excited too at the same time and then nervous. Mm-hmm. I think it's cool to hear Jimmy say there's something different about this you know uh, jimmy's one of the sweetest and most interesting people and i think has always in nashville maybe music industry circles you know had that that obvious connection and tie to rich so i i just think you know this is a little off topic but when you go into projects like this where you're wanting to commemorate or wanting to embody really more than commemorate. You're wanting to embody some spirit of what captured you, Mm -hmm. you know, which of course for us was through Rich's music and, and life and and lyrics and all that to have someone who was actually helping embody that real time Mm -hmm. or helping, you know, build that, create that real time, say that there's something different is just very satisfying. So there's that, but yeah, I, I would feel equal pressure. I think, I don't know what I feel, you know, day to day. Y'all know this. It's entirely different. It's good to just get up and say thanks. I Mm -hmm. I just think of all the things that any of us could be doing. I I was, you know, taught, we've talked about this by parents to dream and then infrastructure your dreams. And I think I'm sitting at a table with people like that. But I, I think, Dave, you do that more handily. You know, I think because you've always supported artists who didn't quite have the infrastructure by a label or by radio or by whatever it is that made commercial impressions and therefore financial success for artists. You've always kind of been about the business of, yeah, there's some about kind of recognizing the magic and then saying, how do we pair up mm. the the practical, you know, to really let it fly. So I think you just have exercised that muscle more than a lot of people. So I think that's why I kind of lean on you to say it might work. Yeah. And if it doesn't, I just look at Dave and go, you told me it was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I don't, I mean, I think that our wildest dreams were maybe hitting the, the stretch goal, the $120,000 stretch goal, um, which, which uh, actually that goal was hit about three days into the campaign. Okay. And, uh, and maybe maybe even more significantly, right around that time, we is when we crossed the line of having a thousand backers, which is actually a, a number I did not think would even be possible. So to me, um, seeing that amount of community response for for an album that's been a very community effort, I to me it kind of expanded the community and invited more people into the process of it but i kind of want to talk a little bit about being able to kind of hit those goals in just the first few days and like you said have several weeks um to kind of still talk about the campaign and invite people in but kind of all pressures off um it's uh i felt like it i felt like that season kind of allowed almost like creative juices to flow of like okay now we have the backs of all these people who are physically kind of helping to support the work and i think everyone started kind of dreaming up you know how we could you know enhance the rich mullins weekend how we could enhance the concerts we're doing just uh adding on extra music getting more artists involved so can you tell me consequently we have no more budget yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) well that's 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 that is true how it's supposed to be but (laughs) well yes uh you know but but i think that's but that's uh 
I, to me, that was that was really valuable because, you know, nobody had the motive of, of sort of trying to pocket the money or try to make a lot off of one project. It was sort of like, well, if there's all this momentum for this one thing, what if we create some other things that the same group is going to be just as excited about? So tell me about the, just the kind of the overall experience of the creative doors being unlocked as the as the backing community came in. Well, well, I think with uh, you know with the couple of the, with the stretch goals that we put in place, um, a few of them were I think rather organic. You know, they they sort of seem like they fit you know in step with Bellsburg, right? And and like you said, I felt from like Old Bear's perspective, like we were we were given a gift, um, a window into a man that we never met. Mm-hmm. We've heard his music, you know, um, and in some cases, some of the people on the old bear team had never heard his music. We're showing up to the house to do uh, other functions, whether it was record or, or uh, video things, whatever, never like maybe knew awesome God from growing up in church, yeah. but really in reality, never knew much about the man, Rich Mullins. So, and to their credit, often were born close to the time he died or after. Oh, yeah, These are exactly. young, younger like, people. Yeah. yeah, Born after he died. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. So I would say I felt like we were invited into this community that was both exciting and also rather intimidating because mm-hmm. we're sort of the new, new kids mm-hmm. on the block. And... Um, so trying to navigate, um, having a seat at a brand new table and, you know, how much liberty do we have and, and trying to be very respectful, but also learn. Um, and so, uh, but met with, um, a gracious, uh, hosts and Connie and David, and then, um, and, and then the community, the the Mullins community at large, like his old friends and the people that, you know, did know him and did life and played music with him, were also very open-handed in the way that they received us. And so, when we were trying to figure out ways to do some stretch goals, I thought it was awesome to be able to, particularly with the work tapes uh, one to extend invites even outside of people that weren't able to make Bellsburg. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the gratitude that I heard personally from the invites that I had made, and I know you guys had both made invites, was just like, thank you so much for, it was almost like they were there at the weekend with us or at, mm-hmm. at, at those sessions in, in Bellsburg, but just, so I felt the, the, the part that I loved the most about discovering those other avenues, uh, ways to be creative was that it allowed us to open the doors even wider to extend the gift that we had been given to other people that were not expecting it too. Like mm-hmm. they thought it was kind of over, you know, that yeah. ask would have came, would have come my way already. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, that's what was exciting about the, the community coming together and, and, and being truly, um, a pretty amazing community. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always excited about more projects. You know, mm-hmm. I'm kind of a project person, project based person. And so more than being motivated by more cash in my pocket is motivated by more support for more music or more film or whatever it is that, that whatever project I have my hands in. So, and I, and I think, you know, piggybacking on Ant's point is that that broadens community every time you know rather than keep it for myself let it funnel through our hands into other projects and allows other people to experience and and i would rather experience things than um cash in on them or you know store up because of them i would rather live the experience you know because we're going to die and i'm I'm not going to line my coffin with cash well i'm going to get burned up so (laughs) <laughs> not because of hell. I'm, I'm, I want to be cremated. I don't know how all that works, but I'm going to get cremated. But, uh, anyway, so I think community over and over and over. And I think community is one of the most challenging things. I think it's one 
it requires it's it is like a garden it requires tending to it requires watering it requires pruning and it requires you know it's thorny it's it's weird and i think continually we got comments at least in my email inbox from artists that were involved in bellsburg or the stretch goal of work tapes which is the follow-up to bellsburg with with more uh, of rich's songs by more artists in any of that community of people i got lots of feedback that said what a beautiful job of stewarding community we were doing, which is a really high compliment because oh, yeah. I think it requires effort and I think it requires a lot of patience and a lot and a lot of grace on everyone's yeah. part. So, and I remember something you said, Anthony, you're, you know, we filmed interviews with each person that came through to make music there. And Anthony said something about how Rich's life was so reflective of community mm-hmm. and the fact that Bellsburg and, work tapes and deep yeah. valley and all that could also reflect that and and you said something to the effect of you can't think of anything that mirrors jesus more or reflects jesus more than mm. to than to foster community yeah that's good that's good okay so let's uh just peel back the curtain a little bit and and tell us like so here we are less than a month since the kickstarter ended what what are you guys working on with these different creative Bellsburg outlets right now? Like what's happening right now here in late July? Well, um, more than I want. (laughs) Uh, Well, you know, we are actually, I mean, the Kickstarter was for real. We had not completed the project. So we, the music has been completed. We, in July alone, after the Kickstarter was over, completed you know, the work tapes started and completed the work tapes project. Mm-hmm. And then the artwork for all that is being completed for uh, Bellsburg, Deep Valley and um, work tapes. I mean, we're trying to have music on the actual tables this fall for the events, which in the world we live in of supply chains makes it even more difficult than mm-hmm. before. It's not that we already weren't kind of run up against the gun to finish recording in June and July and want product by September. So I think we're in the, the weeds, yeah. you know, and then uh, someone thought it'd be fun to have a big Nashville weekend yeah. and have a stretch Oops. goal of tour dates. And Oops. so I think, <laughs> I think all of that requires attention and detail yeah. that goes far beyond, you know, dream. dreaming is the fun part and the details is can produce satisfying results, but yeah. that's where the discipline comes in. So I think we're in the discipline stage of it. Like we're in it yes. to win it and we have committed yeah. um, and the community has committed us to it. Yeah. And therefore we have things to deliver on and that's a good pinch to be in because it that's what produces. Yeah. Well, we want to deliver, like you were saying, Andrew, we want to deliver uh, now we've created this hype, right? And, and the community's there, right? They're, they're like, okay, you got our right. money, you got our interest, uh, or you right. got our interest, then you got our money. Yes. And 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 so now we sort of have to figure out a way to to pull pull through. And you know, which I'm, by the way, we are. We yeah. Just, I mean, yeah. yeah. This isn't an iffy situation. No, but I would right. say no, no. I I would say right. it takes discipline, like you said. It takes it's work ethic and discipline and. Yeah, but but and it will have it's going to happen and it's going to be amazing. There's not I'm not doubting any of that. But I did I was I had a thought the other day. It was like somebody asked me, "Oh yeah, you know, saw you you guys amazing amount of money raised on Kickstarter and like, you know, they asked the same question. So now what happens? You know?" And I said, "Well, (laughs) it's sort of like um, if you have a if you have a startup company that comes out with like a really great product." And then all of a sudden, you are inundated with you 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 hire an infomercial you you do you do a commercial, and then all of a sudden all these orders start rolling in, and you're like, holy holy cow! Like we don't have so wait, you're Andrew, you're gonna do you know like we didn't we didn't sit down during the dreaming process and think like, well, Dave's gonna. I mean, we had ideas of who was gonna yeah. cover what, but I think the subsequent weeks after Bellsburg or the campaign was over was like. Okay, now we need to actually sit down and write on a piece of paper, or, or, you know, Google Docs or, uh, you know, 7,500 emails, like who's going to take on all of these different responsibilities. And of course, we had that team in place mm-hmm. um, going into it. We kind of had an idea, but still it was like, okay, this is what I said I was going to do. Now I got to do it. And uh, kind of um, deliberate, like together figure out, okay. 
you're going to go over there and do that. You're going to go. And we're still doing that. I mean, that's what we just got done doing tonight. So, you know, we're still ironing out all of the details, which I think is nerve wracking, but also is kind of exciting. You know, there's an anticipatory spirit behind all of it. That it you know, we, we got to go in with a holy expectancy that something good is going to happen or else that's our faith. You know, we have to bring not that God needs us to, but it's always so much more deliberate and intentional when we go in with an expectancy that something good is going to happen. And so as pessimistic as I can tend to be in, or anti-optimist, um, I am exercising those disciplines right now where I just got to believe, you know, I'm, I'm believing that this thing is going to be, it, it's, it's proven itself to be much bigger than any one of us anyways. And it was probably always going to be that way. And so this is nothing different. This is an opportunity to spend it all mm -hmm. on a great experience and leave behind great music. And even better, I had gone into it thinking if it doesn't reach anything, like if no goals are ever met in this thing, can at least tell my kids and play for them something that's left over. Hmm. Uh, whenever they think that is cool, because they probably wouldn't right away. But down, years down the road, I can say, this was a cool thing I did. Mm -hmm. I, got a, I just was like a fly on the wall and I was there. And that to me was a moment where I was like, oh, I'm, I got to do this thing. This is going to be fun. This feels like something I, I shouldn't miss. So since I don't have children, I was like, better damn well work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> better work. Yeah. But to the benefit of those who have supported it and those who are waiting for it and all that kind of stuff is that is the the real deadline, if you will, of Rich's the 25th anniversary mm -hmm. of Rich's passing. And that provided us from the beginning. I, we didn't set out to record this record to release in correspondence with that as we as the project continued to linger because of some of the hurdles of COVID and recording in the beginning and it, the date kept pushing back for recording, we realized, oh, this may be a really nice season to release it in, which now has provided us the internal accountability and has been paving the way for Old Bear specifically to do more and more rich things. So even though we're gonna spend it all on this experience, I think it's curating or an expectation among people who are consistently awaiting rich material to be expecting that more frequently. So it's been a true Kickstarter in ways outside of Bellsburg. Well, thanks to you and your generosity, all three albums we've been talking about, Bellsburg, Deep Valley, and Work Tapes, will all have release dates. In fact, a quick note on that. We mentioned in the last episode that we thought the Bellsburg release date would be planned for September 16th. And as it turns out, we're going to shift and change those dates a little bit, mainly because we're getting some really good advice from industry insiders who know a lot more about releasing music and distribution than we do. And we've got gleaned some really good advice in recent weeks. So we are going to release the debut track, the first single from the project, on that date, September 16th, and then side one of Bellsburg will release to the public in uh, the second half of October. Then there'll be another single to release in November, and then in early December we'll release the second half of Bellsburg. Deep Valley will be coming out in the first quarter of 2023, and work tapes will be released publicly uh, in the second quarter, spring of 2023. This is a very important year ahead for Rich Mullins fans as we commemorate him. And uh, so we're going to be able to have these uh, scheduled releases for the next many months to continue the celebration. But if you're like me, you don't want to wait for the music. Well, there are a couple groups of people who get the music first. In fact, you'll get all of the music in its entirety in just the next couple of months. And that's folks who contributed to the Kickstarter campaign and secured any or all of those three projects I mentioned, and folks who go to any of the Bellsburg events this fall 
in September or October, we will have the merchandise there. So you can buy physical copies of the music and you'll own all of it. Um, you won't have to wait for releases or you know side A, side B. Um, it will all be in your hands and in your ears. Um, also, if you miss the campaign, we are going to open up a short pop-up sale in the first half of August. And so you can still be a part of the crew that says, I want the music in advance. I want to be first in line. Um, you can still pre-order those three albums um, coming up at our pop-up sale, which will, again, you'll follow UTR Media, and we'll keep you posted on when that's happening. We know it will be in early August. We've been talking a lot about community, and the best way to build community is in person. And we'd love to do that at one of our first two Bellsburg events called Hello Old Friends. It's songs and stories remembering Rich Mullins. And coming up on September 9th, the first event will be in the Chicago area at Judson University in Elgin, Illinois, featuring Jason Gray, Carolyn Ahrens, David Mullins, and several other artists. The second event is going to be in Nashville on September 18th, and that will feature Andrew Peterson, Ashley Cleveland, Mitch McVicker, and a bunch of others as well. Um, the tickets for the September 9th event are on sale right now. There's a link in the show notes. And the tickets for the September 18th event in Nashville will be on sale by the time most of you listen to this. Um, they'll be going on sale in the last few days of July. So um, if you uh, are listening to this after late July, then yes, tickets would be on sale right now. If you can't make it to either of these events... The September 18th event will be live streamed by Compassion International. Uh, those tickets for the live stream will not go on sale until mid to late August. But we hope to see you in person if possible. Check it out at the website richmullins25.com. Release Dates is hosted and produced by me, Dave Trout. Special thanks to our interview guests, Andrew Greer, Anthony Hoisington, and Steve Taylor. Also, thanks to the 1,559 people who made our Kickstarter a success and gave us good news to report today. Release Dates is a production of UTR Media, an independent, listener-supported nonprofit ministry in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and online at utrmedia.org.